The contents of our show have many references to alcohol and drinking. We want to acknowledge our friends in recovery and let them know we love you and support you. If you or someone you know is a person with substance use disorder, you can call 1-800-662-HELP. Sitters here, taxis not far, meet you at the closest bar. No toddler cries until sunrise, slowly sip that whiskey ride. Gather parents far and near, it's time to hit that bottle of What's up, party people? Hello and welcome. Welcome to Hitting the Bottle with Alicia and Sarah. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> Another week. Another week has gone by, and it's still January. <laughs> Wait, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's actually not. But it was a very long January. It was a long so. January. I almost, I, I saw, you know, that like, uh, this year's been so long, and it's only, or what was it? 2020, what was it? 2021 was hard, but it was just the end of January or like those memes that people are putting out there. And I I get mad at them because I'm like, oh, they use that for every month. But I'm like, but it's, it really feels true. Yeah. Yeah, January is always, yeah. And January is always like a, it feels like a six week month or something. And you know what? It probably like is. And then that's why like February is short and everybody's just trying to like fuck with us and like the Mayans are like, let's just just fuck them over. Well, it's also sad days because it's still get it's still dark and it's and it's mm-hmm. not like it's even cold in in LA and uh, warm places that are supposed to be warm. It's cold right now, so just just such a bummer of a month. Yeah. Except for the people that were born this month, happy birthday to you! <laughs> um, well, but it's officially February anyway, so mm-hmm. Feb first. You'll be hearing this on February second, two thousand twenty one. Yes. Right. We are really uh, recording really early <laughs> on this one. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. You guys um, are fine. We're fine, I think. Yeah. We're fine. We're fine. It would be really. much more fine if I had a gimlet in my hand. Yeah. Um, I don't. That's our drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's our drink. And Sarah's not drinking it. Um, not right now. But it's good. It's good. It's um. It's a classic. You know, everybody should know. I hope you know. If you don't know, now you know. A gimlet. It's, um, and it, and it's a, the title of our episode this week is "So Help Me Gimlet" because we're talking about help and how hard it is to ask for it and communication and um things that or or how good it felt when you actually got help and you know why all the things. Uh, yeah. And we have a, a spill the wine segment from someone who's not a parent. Um, but kind of talks about her experience with, um, with asking for help in her adult life as well. So, uh, going to be a good little nugget at the end here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to listen to that. It's always nice when we have somebody who's, um, I mean, it's always nice regardless who shares their stories, but I think yeah. it's nice for our non-parent listeners to just hear somebody else's perspective or story yeah. or a journey or whatever it is. And everybody kind of approaches this topic differently. You know, maybe you're somebody who, um, feels the urge or feels the need that you need help and you go and you express those needs to your circle and or your partner or whoever it is right away, or you're somebody who internalizes them like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, we just kind of wanted to touch on that because it can be 
it's tricky, especially as a new parent. You know, I, I think that what I what I'm going to be pointing to a lot today is um, not so much as a new parent, but I do remember those feelings as being a new parent. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we're still new parents, really. I mean, we're only three years in, so yeah, we got a long ways to go, man. We do have a long ways to go. <laughs> oh, um, I want to do a uh, um, a little. I don't, a little correction from last week. It's not even a correction. Oh my God. I was thinking today, this morning, what we should call our corrections. And I, I, I was Did like, you come up with something? Um, it, yeah, I just have to think about it for a second because, okay. you know, my favorite murder does corrections corner. I know. And I almost said corrections corner. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I think, it, I think it was right our wrongs or, or something like that. Right our wrongs. Yeah. Right our wrongs. Right yeah. our wrongs. Yeah. Right or wrongs, or um, I don't know. What do you guys think? What should we? Are you guys going to correct us a lot? We fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean I'm sure that we're going to fuck up a lot. So yeah. if you want to correct us, yes. please do. Please um, do. I was I was just told that uh, my my silly comment about lavender honey and it didn't even taste like lavender. <laughs> my friend Amanda like almost immediately was texted me and was like, um, lavender honey means that they were pollinated. That's what they pollinated that season, lavender. And I was like, oh. Well, thanks for the bee journey, Got Amazon. <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know. I don't. I've never. I've never. Uh, been a beekeeper i don't i don't pull the honey from the combs i don't uh you get in that suit i've never done it mm. i don't want to i'm sure mm. that it's uh maybe some somewhat very calming actually i imagine that maybe when you're in that suit and you hear the bees buzzing and you're just kind of like in in it that's probably either like terrifying or oddly calming Wow. See, to me, that like brings up so much anxiety. anxiety. Thought of, I hate things that are small and move. Yeah. Like um, spiders. Like children. Oh. Yeah. My first thought was children. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, different fear, different kind of fear. I, I'm not worried that my baby's going to attack me. I'm worried like something that's <laughs> a centimeter big is going <laughs> to fucking like kill me. And it probably will. There's like murder hornets or I don't know what happened to those. Like, Nice job, 2020 yeah, they, just they kind of goes away. <laughs> oh my <laughs> fucking god, what a weird time. Um, no, but yeah, I'm just scared of like little tiny things like that. So, I mean, obviously, it's a very skilled practice, and you have to be like a certain kind of person to get into it. But yeah, um, at one point, Billy was like absolutely positive that we were going to buy a farm and make honey and like sell it in random like one off general stores throughout Maine and Massachusetts. And I'm like, to you and your future partner, I wish you the best of luck. (laughs) That's never happening. Like that's, Mm -hmm. but yeah. So yeah, to you, that sounds relaxing to me. It sounds like a nightmare. I I said, maybe, I said, maybe terrifying. Maybe it depends on what state of mind I'm in. It depends on, uh, how euphoric, what a euphoric phase I'm in, in life at that moment. I don't know. Okay. Well, uh, I'll write it down and I'll, okay. get, you, I'll get you a yeah, beekeeper please. journey. Can you imagine how, how useful a beekeeper suit would be, though, for the past year? Yeah. Yeah. Touch anyone? Fashionable. Uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, mask. You don't have to, you know, you're fully covered. You're like a right. has- walking chic hazmat suit. Right. I love it. Okay. But, I mean, 
Maybe that's what I'm going to do. Maybe this is a new thing I'm going to do on top of all the things. Yeah. That gave me anxiety. That gave me anxiety. So I'm going to move thing I'm going to do. Now my chest is turning red and I'm itching. (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh. No, thank you. But speaking of um, anxiety and corrections, so I like mince up and mince, mix, whatever, um, case in point, my words a lot. And when I was listening to the Papaya podcast today, she was saying how um, lately she just like keeps using words in the wrong places and it's and it's so unlike her and she doesn't really know why it is. And it's only when she's like talking to people or and she's about to do some public speaking. So it was really concerning her. And she's like, I don't know if it's like an anxiety thing. Right. I don't know where it stems from, but it got me thinking because I'm kind of the same way. Like I'm not um, diagnosed as, you know, I usually don't mix up my words and I do that. And I think that you guys have probably heard me mix up my words several times more so in the beginning than now that I'm a little bit more comfortable. But I wonder if anybody's listening who kind of does the same thing, like, is that an anxiety thing? Is that because it's it's like, I know what I'm trying to say yeah. and I know the words, they just kind of um, like jump over each other in the wrong spot or, or something. And I, well, it's, I probably, it's probably anxiety, but it's also probably like timing. Cause I just feel like sometimes you're on and not you, sometimes you're on and sometimes you're not on. Like it could yeah. be also a mix of like, like sometimes I'm not good at talking cause I just don't, I'm tired or I'm like, it's, you know, there's like other reasons, but do you feel anxious when do you feel ang- do you feel anxious? Like do you feel butterfly anxious or like No, that's I mean probably in our first episodes definitely. But I yeah. um it's like a a thing I do. I don't know. And it's kind of a new thing too. It's probably like only like a, a year or something where I just I start talking and then it's like what what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that didn't make sense. I'm sure the person sitting across me or, you know, on the other line, whatever, they know it doesn't okay. make sense. But it's, it's like a, it's whatever. like mom brain, but it hit you too. It hit mm-hmm. you a little late. Yeah. A little late for you. Yeah. So whatever that is, if you have any tips, tricks, uh, diagnosis, diagnosi? Diagnos- diagnoses. <laughs> yeah. Diagnostics. Um, this is absolutely nothing to do with that, but <laughs> I was... <laughs> I like it. <laughs> this is a really clean segue. Uh, J- but Joe's mom, Owen's, gram- Owen's grandma, got me something and I was dying today because I don't have it next to me. But it's a pin, a pin. It's a tin. It's like a round tin of cards. And on the top it says, girls just want to have pun. And it's a bunch of cards with puns on them. It's just oh like a God. bunch of puns. There's like two per card. And she's like, I just thought of you. I'm like, how do you know me this well? Yeah. How? I love it so much. I bet it's, you do. That's like perfect anyway. for you. Well, so I'm probably going to use a lot of those puns and just not tell people and pretend that I made them up. So sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, are they useful? Can we use some of oh, them? Oh, yeah. I love, oh, yeah. I love a pun. I don't love like a stretched pun, but I love a pun. And more minor uh, stretched puns, probably. Oh, I'm, I was just gonna say, I love a stretch. I will take, I will take a pun a mile. I will write a whole <laughs> essay out of puns because I love them so much. So, um, anyway, That's so cute though. It was my fit split was really, really sweet yeah. and thoughtful. It's so nice, like it. when somebody gets you something that just is like, yes, I actually love this. Right. I, 
I hate getting gifts because I'm like in front of people. Like I hate opening like a birthday present or like a Christmas present from somebody that like you just know doesn't know you and you open it and you're like, oh my God, I love it so much. (laughs) You had to get me something because you just had to get me something. That's cool. Thank you. Uh, Or somebody like really put a lot of thought into it and you just are like, no, like I would never wear this or I know, I know. So anyway, anyway, but um, thoughtful, very sweet. I love that. And that is, that's like right up your alley. So that's awesome. really, Really excited about it. Cool. You'll have to share them um, with us. Or, or I'm me. not going to share them with you because I'm going to use them mm-hmm. and I can't let you know my secrets and where I get my content from. Mm. Um, it's like a little spell book. It's my little spell book. It's my witch. It's one of my witch witchcraft books. I, like um, I do want to talk about before we get into the actual content of this podcast, <laughs> um, if we want to talk about pod, other podcasts real quick, the apology mm-hmm. line, have we talked about it? Did, you, did I tell you about it? I haven't heard about it. When you mentioned it earlier, I haven't heard okay. it before. Um, so it's this guy, um, Alan, Alan, um, who back in the 70s. Oh, is this the the guy who like had York? strangers tell them? Um, yeah, so he started yeah. up. Uh, I didn't write down actual facts, so here I go going, oh, well, 70s or 80s. But um, he started a... Uh, an answering machine and he would leave posters all around New York city and it would say, call this number and leave a message, but you have to call from a phone booth and you have to do it anonymous or you don't have to do it anonymously, but don't leave your name name or information because I don't want to be responsible for your crimes or whatever. Like, I don't want to be, I don't want to have to tell the police about you. Just be anonymous because if you are saying something that you're, that's bad, you're going to get in trouble for it basically. Um, and it's so interesting and I find it, I don't know, the, the other side of people, like the people that are, that are like, people are calling and saying this one guy called and he only called one time, but he basically was like, uh, so creepy. Like, Oh my God, thank you so much for the service that you're doing. Oh my God. I feel so free. I can go out and do again. And I've, I've never killed anybody, but you know, I can go out and mug people again and Oh, I'm so excited. And ha ha ha, ha I'm going to find you and kill you next. Oh and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he had to, so obviously he stayed anonymous for a lot, a long time. Um, so it's his wife, um, or widow, widow, uh, because he's passed. I don't actually know how he died, but um, she's doing the podcast now, kind of bringing it back to life and she's bringing the line back to life. So it's actually going to be available for people to call in again. I know. Oh my God. Uh, it just gave me such, I mean, people have always been fucking crazy, but people these days are like, fuck and Looney Tunes and they see a number that they can call. People go yikes well it almost felt like and oh this is the thing i was thinking about too it was like this really interesting thing that back when the internet wasn't a thing back when social media wasn't a thing um and there was no community in a way that we know it now like he kind of created this community and people would like call it was an entertainment that wasn't television or you know i mean people would call he would choose an amount of certain um messages that were left and put them on the outgoing message so mm-hmm. people could call in and just listen to other people's stories. Oh, okay. That was going to be my next question. Like, did he ever release these before? Like, oh, what was he doing with this? Yeah, he was releasing them. He was like releasing them to the public. 
Um, and then they made a movie and apparently it was some really terrible like version of it. And, uh, that I thought was really funny, which is a bummer because it's so amazing. The idea of it's so amazing that if you do a movie, you have to like, Oh, it's a bummer that they screwed it up, but. Oh, I can see like a Matt Damon movie doing. Yes. Like a born ultimatum version of love line. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that sounds like a movie I'd want to watch, but. Okay. uh... Matt Damon taking his clothes off. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I have like a weird thing for Matt Damon and. I know. I was surprised that that's who you chose. And and Jeremy Renner. I love like the departed and the town and like Boston movies. I don't know what it is. I moved here and I'm like, yeah. Well, if you see, if you see uh, a picture of him, you might change your mind because it just feels a little like, um, I don't want I don't know why the word smuttier is coming up, but he just, oh, what does he remind me of? Um, I don't know. It, it, he, it's just so incredible. And the setting of it being like back in the, in the, in New York city in the time it was, it's just really yeah. neat to listen to. Um, anyway, I recommend it. I, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like a, yeah. a crime or like, um, you know, confessionals or, um, <laughs> I put it down, I put it down, uh, click, click guys, click, click. Um, anyway, I recommend it. <laughs> I'm giving uh, her like pen signals. Like, I'm literally Zoom. like, what are you talking about? Right in the microphone. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Maybe I'm nervous. I did this our first our oh, first recording. I think it's just a thing that people do. So um that is so I mean, the energy of that just like makes me feel like so like um I'm sorry that I keep doing I'm not sorry, but I, I keep doing movie references, like kind of like um, like in Dick, if anybody's seen Dick with Kirsten Dunst and um, Michelle, what's her name? Last name, the woman who was married to Williams. Yeah, Michelle Williams, and it just feels very like seventies investigative, yeah. but like people on the streets investigating each other. Like I wonder if people knew about it and they would see people in phone booths in the seventies and be like, Oh my God. Yeah. I wonder if that person's like, what's their, what's their apology. It, it also tied in to what we're talking about today. was like, Ooh, this could be a good idea. I mean, I know we have helplines, so this isn't like a brilliant idea, but like a version of that as like a people get to call in and yeah, feel free about saying something they need help with. I don't know. It's almost like the same thing, except you're, I don't know. Well, it is kind of a cry for help. It it seemed like a absolutely. lot of the people calling in. Uh, oh, and then it gets a, it gets into the thing where this guy keeps calling and he claims to be a murderer and um like gives sense proof to him to his PO box and it's it's really like a serial killer. So it's really interesting their relationship and um what comes of it. And I'm only in episode 3 because there's only 3 episodes, but I do I do highly recommend it. I think it's really interesting um and I think humans are incredible and I think it's really cool to yeah, kind of like see that aspect of people. Totally. But. And that, <clears throat> that's such a good find of a podcast too. Like my question was how many episodes are there going to be? So there's only three. I think, I think there's six and I, she keeps saying oh. season one. So okay. I'm not sure if she's doing multiple seasons, but. Okay. Um, and it's the wife that's doing it. It's or the, the wife. That's so fun. It's the wife. Good for um, her. 
Yeah, it's an interesting. Well, it's interesting too because she talks about not being so. It was his thing. It was his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks about feeling like kind of second to it in in one episode. And so I think it's interesting that she's kind of taken over and like in yeah. his memory or you know I don't know. We haven't gotten there yet, but That's um, awesome. the apology line is not sponsoring this episode. But if they'd yeah. like to, <laughs> I think it's on Wondery. So awesome. <clears throat> uh, anyway. Anyway, Help. I love that. I love that. No, I, I love that. I just wanted to um, bring up, um, I, I guess it's actually not relevant or need to, but um, there was a podcast I was listening to that I love, 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 love. And um, they're, they're not doing it anymore. Like it just stopped after three episodes and now they're promoting other epi- other um, podcasts, I guess, on their platform. But it is so disappointing. Um, so if anybody's listening who really liked Mindhunter, which is the show on Netflix, that is like, yeah. So if good. I if I could dream up my favorite, like the best show in the world it, to me, like this whole talking to serial killers when they're you know in jail and and picking away at their brains is like so fascinating to me. But there is a podcast called Where the Bodies Are Buried, and he goes oh. and he talks. He talks to um, serial killers present day. And I think we I kind of touched on this in the beginning. But um, because everybody kind of forgets that, like, serial killing has continued after the 80s or after the 70s. Right. Like, we're still so stuck on Ted Bundy and um, those That was, people. like, the beginning. That was, like, when it was prolific, right. like, coming out. And-, mm-hmm. and we still have, like, those those, um, you know, like peas in the bed starts a fire, like hurts animals as like telling signs for serial killers. And, but this guy goes in and talks to serial killers and is like, you know, you're a modern day serial killer. <laughs> what was your childhood right. like? And they're like, no, my childhood was great. Right. And now this guy's like, whoa, like theories busted. Um, <laughs> that was fucking lame. But like, <laughs> whoa. Um, but I just, I found it fascinating. And he talks to a couple, you know, modern day Psycho, uh, psychopaths, sure, but um, serial killers. Yeah, and, well, most of them are probably socio or psychopaths yeah. or you know, so. whatever word. I when you did that, when you were like, "Whoa!" I wanted to be like, bear, 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 like yeah. sound effects, <laughs> like like somebody comes in and goes, "Myth busted." God, remember Mythbusters? I do. I certainly do. I love that show. Oh my god! I was like, well, it was on Mythbusters actually last week. So, <laughs> um, good luck with your fucking sprite and. Gobstoppers or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> hi, hi. So help, help, help me. <sighs> yeah, um, it's hard to say that. It kind of feels good to say it right now. We should just get it out a little bit. Like, I need help. I need help. Yeah, good. I need help. I um, yeah, I need help. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's almost like I don't know what kind of help I need. I just mm-hmm. know that I need help, and and you know, like, um, obviously the times are a little bit different now. But like during the pandemic, it has been just. Um, I feel like I was like on the tail end of things catching up to me. Like nothing really caught up to me until like November, December. That kind of yeah. like I, I keep saying this word, but like the monotony of it all was like just fine until it wasn't and now I'm like losing it um day by day I went on like a little um we went up to the snow in the mountains yesterday just to I needed to get out of this apartment I was like just ah I just like hate everything right I'm like the 
the hallway, the noise, the, the smell of the like everything. I'm just like yeah. fucking over it. And um, and it's it really bad weather here right now. So you're kind of just like stuck inside you're all day. I went on a little escape yesterday and I'm back and I do feel 10 times better. Um, I was just thinking though, like that's me helping myself, but right. I thought I had to just come to a breaking point, which kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight on, on my end of this whole topic is that um, I think that our goal with help should be that we ask for help before it starts to really affect mm-hmm. our mental health mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or begins to fuck up our mental health. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I agree with that. Um, just to piggyback on that, I think um, when when I, after last week, <laughs> people friends reached out to me and they were like, "I want to help you." And um, honestly, at first, I was like a little bit like, um, not offended, but like embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, uncomfortable because well em- embarrassed because it it is it, almost like I'm telling everybody on the podcast I'm telling everybody who listens here these problems I have because for some reason this feels comfortable for me for mm-hmm. some reason because I'm not speaking to anybody specifically except for you I'm speaking to you specifically but but you and I you know have these conversations and um in this way that it feels like freeing for me which I don't know what that means but to have them come and say like I want to help you was so uh, it was hard for me to swallow. And then once I did, it was like, I'm so grateful that people heard that and went, fuck, she's actually not okay because she's pretending, not pretending, I'm not pretending, but like, she, she seems okay because she's not asking for help. Um, yeah, you're like high functioning. I think that's right. <laughs> high functioning, uh, self-coping mm-hmm. uh, mess. But but to the, to your point, it was that moment of like, wow, I'm getting help and that's okay. I feel okay about it because I'm at such a breaking point, but we can't get to the breaking point to ask for help. We need the help so we don't get to the breaking point. So um, it's, it's, we got to talk about it, man. We got to, mm-hmm. we got to learn how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I don't think that you or I do have answers. I think, you know, again, the hope is to definitely ask before you get to this point. But um, figuring out like how to ask, when to ask, who to ask, it's that in itself, the thought of that is so overwhelming that it can kind of just stop you in your tracks before you even get the words out. Um, Thinking about like, well, you know, what kind of burden am I on the other person is kind Mm -hmm. of something that we touched on Mm -hmm. on a recent episode is like, well, um, sure, I can ask you for help, but like, oof, it's probably really burdening you. And mm-hmm. even to think about, you know, touching back on the fact of the times that we're in in the pandemic, it's like, who, who do you, who do you ask for help? Mm-hmm. And um, where do you find those people? And I'm thinking about this more so with new parents, um, new, newer, I mean, like had babies during the pandemic, like that is so tricky, I think. And, and, and our circumstances are tricky on a different level. Right. Um, a different way, not one's not more or less than the other, but um, that those new phases when you're just like still trying to kind of grasp what the hell's happening to you. Like, I feel like now I kind of just like, I take the back seat, right? Like my body takes the back seat and I'm, and I'm used to it and I know it and it's okay. It, no, it's not okay, but it's not okay. That's the problem. It's, yeah. 
But um, but in the beginning, it. like you're kind yeah. of like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> like, wait, fuck, what's mm-hmm. happening to my body? What's happening mm-hmm. to this? Like my mental health, ev- everything. And it's very overwhelming. So I, I feel for you if you're out there and you're like, yes, this top- topic resonates with me, but in a different way. Like mm-hmm. we do, because that's, mm-hmm. that's fucking hard. Well, I, can, will you, can you bring, bring up the thing you brought up, the thing you sent me? Because I, I feel like that mm-hmm. goes kind of right into that, yeah. what you're yeah. saying. So I actually, I saw this on, um, I don't have the screenshot of who actually posted it, but it's tagged as um, Maternal Mental Health Utah on the screenshot that I have. So I'm, I'm assuming that they post this originally. And what it is, it's, it's a pre-baby discussions with my partner. And it's topics we discussed in on one side of the table. And the other side of the table, it's what I wished we discussed. And on the topics we discussed, it's everything that you guys know that you probably all talked about as well leading up to the, you know, when your baby was going to be in your arms, um, like baby monitors, breast pumps, car seats, strollers, um, what goes in your hospital bag, what needs to be mm-hmm. on your registry, mm-hmm. um, baby announcement. Baby photographer. Time. Yeah. Baby photographer, um, childcare, where the baby mm-hmm. sleeps. Those are the things that we are pro, I don't want to say program, but, um, programs kind of to, to focus on, you know, and, and it reading this list, it almost feels very materialistic, but that's because you're just trying to take care of your baby. And I think that's fine. These things are fine. And that's how I, that's how I prepped. However, it says what I wish we discussed. And it's things like how we would deal with sleep deprivation, the role of grandparents in our boundaries with those, with grandparents, cousins, um, friends, aunts, uncles, um, na- night wakings and feedings, mm-hmm. self-care, how to know if my mental health was not right and how to talk to me about it. Um, non-working downtime. That's a big one for me because it's like you feel like if you're not working, you need to be on um, and there should be a limit there because you still need yourself, your own time. Um, yeah. How to build a support system, who we would let in and what circum- in, in which circumstances and then my partner's role in daily routine. Like I, when I saw this, I commented it and I was like, I wish I saw this four years ago. This mm-hmm. is, or, or three years ago, three and a half years ago. Like this is, this is what I needed to talk about. I needed to just like click a baby monitor and put it in my cart and like move on with my day. I needed to have like real conversations about like sleep, de- like who's waking up. And if they mm-hmm. are waking up, how long is it going to be? Are we alternating nights? Are we not alternating nights? You know, like pre- preparing for these kinds of, um, situations that are, you know, bound to happen regardless of what's going on need, need to happen. And I just hope that like, if we can share this and maybe one or two people see it and they're like, okay, that's, that's good. Like, that's my hope because this was so eye opening to me that again, like, I just, I wish I saw it three and a half years ago because holy shit, having a plan for your mental health mm-hmm. is just as important as having a plan for your baby's sleep, for your mm-hmm. for your milk, for your feeding, for whatever. Um, you don't that. you don't think about yourself. You don't think about yourself. Whoa, no. It's not about you. It's all about the baby because you're. And in that moment, you're so excited about it. So like all you know, like you said, baby monitors, all that stuff's important to discuss. Right. Um, but you're not thinking about the rebirth of yourself and how you're going to deal with all of the rest of it because also it's the unknown. So mm-hmm. you don't even know that you're going to have to deal. You know, I shouldn't say you don't know, but like you don't really understand or grasp that you're going to have to deal with sleep depression and boundaries and mm-hmm. a support system. And, you know, it's like 
you, you're not, <clears throat> you know, but you don't know. And that, that unknown is always. A, it's the gray area. It's the stress. And it's yeah. the cause of a lot of arguments, right? Like waking up right. and, and you're breastfeeding and then your partner, whoever is just sitting there or sleeping mm-hmm. um, and you're up or whatever it is, it, it's fucking frustrating and you get mad at that person. And I know many women that I've spoken to are like, oh, like I, I ate, I, I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm feeding and I, I just look at them with like a death glare. You know, like I used to do that. I'm just like, yeah. I curse yeah. that you were born. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like not my child, um, my partner. Um, at the time that I would just be like, it causes so much tension. Yeah. And it kind of brings you into this place of blame. Mm-hmm. And I didn't write this down, but it's something I want to talk about in the beginning. This blame thing is just so easy. And I think with these conversations, a lot of that blame could be um, avoidable. I think that it, it definitely can be because with me, when something happens with River, my immediate thought is, well, whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And I go into like, well, if this would have been di- differently or this would have been done differently. Right. Um, and Emma actually showed me like this video about about blame like soon after River was born. And she's like, like, does this resonate with you? Because she's like, it resonates with me and I'm not even a mom yet. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm yeah. always trying to find something, not necessarily someone, but like something, trying to put the blame on something because you right. just want that release. And this is what it yeah. is. It's all a cry for help. You're just like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. And it's, it, yeah. I don't want to say it's avo- avoidable, but it, it's definitely. Well, um, it's manage- It's yeah. probably more manageable than than we felt. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, listening to you say that, like I, I left New York, I left Joe and New York because I already saw it happening. Like um, in the big, I, in the beginning, even when I was like looking for daycare. So even on that left side, on the left side of the things you discuss, there was, there were problems. So, you know, I was looking for daycare and I remember having the conversation, like, I need you to help me, um, like look for daycares. And he's like, well, I don't know how you want me to help. I'm you're already doing it. I don't know how you want me to help. You're already calling places. Like, what do you want me to do that you're not doing? And it's like, Oh, I'm not going to ask you for help anymore because I'm asking you to help me and you're not doing it. And then Mm -hmm. once Owen was born, um, I expected Joe to be around more, I expected Joe to be there uh, more than he was. And when I brought up leaving, he didn't protest. So that for me was, I can't do this. I can't be here. This isn't, I have to get out of this. And, um, and so I left it instead of fixing it or trying to. And, you know, maybe that wasn't the right thing to do. Um, thinking back, like, you know, there probably was a way to, I don't know. Um, but it's it's hard when you ask someone for help and they don't want to give it to you. Like you got to take that as a hint, as, mm-hmm. a, as a flag that, um, yeah. that it's not going to really, but that's not true with all relationships. I mean, I know that there, you know, there are probably things that we could have worked on together. And, um, you know, I remember we had a conversation he and I did and he said he was talking to someone that was married and had a, ch- a child. And that person said like, this is normal what we're going through. But for me, it wasn't normal because we weren't in a relationship. We weren't, we weren't together. We weren't married. We weren't committed to each other. Um, 
it was so wishy-washy. Like, I can't do that and have a baby. Um, no. No, it's so – there's so much going on already, and that, I just imagine, would add so much confusion. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, – uh, but then it, then it was like – then I had to – then I went to asking for help in a – I feel like it's always – it always comes in the in the extreme way. Like – Instead of asking for help that could have kept me in New York and could have fixed it, I was like, I have to go home. Like, it's so dramatic. Like, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I can't I can't ask for help. It's I'm too proud, but I will uh, mm-hmm. leave tomorrow and take all my things and the mm-hmm. baby. I mean, <laughs> like, what, who am I? Jesus. Uh, what's her name? Joan Crawford. Uh, Joan Crawford. I feel like so dramatic and... <laughs> Well, I mean, that's kind of tying into it, right? It's like you're tying into what we were kind of talking about before we started recording tonight. It's like this thing of you, you don't ask for help, you don't ask for help, you don't ask for help, and then it's everybody else's problem. And you're like, well, watch me walk away then. You know, you're going to be sad when I'm gone. And they're like, no, I I had no idea you were struggling. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, I mean, they probably won't say they're sorry, but. No, they'll be like, screw you. It's yeah. not my fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it's it's it, the thing is, is like if we go too long without expressing our needs and our concerns, we internalize them yeah. and we keep piling them on. Like new circumstances, new stresses become fully our own, and you know, like it helps so much just to say things out loud. And as as simplistic and obvious as that might be, it really does just help to be like, even if it's like to yourself, <laughs> like even if it's like mm-hmm. talking to yourself, it's so helpful to just like express your emotions so that they release, um, that they're released from your internal dialogue because our internal dialogue can be like so damaging. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just kind of what we do. We internalize out of fear or or whatever it might be, we internalize our needs and our wants because we're worried that we might burden somebody else or that will sound, um, you know, I, for lack of a better word, I'm just coming up with petty or, or will sound like whiny or complaining or, right. um, or whatever. And, and we do that instead of asking for help. And then we almost just expect ourselves to never get help because it's like, well, no one will help me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm all yeah. kind of like a little like I'm having a little pity party by myself yeah. right now. And and that's when it starts to really fuck with your psyche. And that's when it can be like a damaging problem because you've put in the work. You know what you need help with. You mm-hmm. know what would really do you do you a solid. I can't believe yeah. I said that. But um to me a <laughs> Give me a solid here. That's how I'm going to end. The only way I'm asking for help yeah. going forward is going to just be yeah. do me a solid dot, dot, dot. I mean, maybe that's the way you you say it. It's like not even like I need help. It's yeah. like, yo, do me a solid. Yeah. Come over for three hours. <laughs> take my kid or or let me leave. Um, You know, obviously, again, times are different right now, but it's it, just getting it out there. I think I mean, I'm like preaching to the choir. I, I don't do this, but fuck, like th- that's what happens. I mean, and I'm speaking for myself and I wonder if anybody is kind of the same way. Like you internalize it so much and then it's everybody else's problem. I know I said yeah. that, but like it's everybody else's problem. And I'm like, well, nobody wants to help me anyway. It's just me. And, um, 
I'm on my own, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all alone here. Yeah. It's like, it's I, like you did that to yourself, you yeah. idiot. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I put myself on an island because everybody hates me. And it's like, nobody fucking hates you. Mm-hmm. You just don't ask people for help. So how do they know you need it? Yeah, nobody knows because you're but – that's, But that's so interesting to me because I feel like I find that my internal dialogue, like, like you were kind of talking about, it's like – I feel like I talk about things all the time. I feel like everybody should understand – that sounds so narcissistic, uh, but I I, uh, I feel like everybody should understand my struggles in my mind because I'm experiencing them every day. I experience right. the the stress and I experience and I have conversations with myself all the time about what's going on and what I need help with. But because I don't tell anybody, I get upset because I think that people should know because I'm saying it. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like you, you don't realize that people cannot understand your thoughts. They don't, they don't hear your thoughts. Yes. We're not like projecting. It's not Jedi mind tricks. We're not like, no. I think I'm a witch sometimes, but I don't think I can like get in your brain. So These hand movements Sarah's doing right now. Are, I'm just I feel like to I'm getting like a spell casted on me. I'm not really sure what's You will give me help. You will help me now. Um no, but I mean it's 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 just that like mental game. You're 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 like why are why is nobody helping me? I've been screaming at first. Um but I think that was my thought too when when my friends offered. I was like, when they were like, I didn't realize, or you know, I was like, man, I guess they didn't because I don't ask for it, and I know that they would help me. <laughs> like they're beautiful humans that I love, and and we have a lot of respect for each other. And if I asked them, they would help me, but I just can't. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that internal dialogue's a bitch, really. It really is, and it can eat you up and it and it manipulates your own mind. Like as we're yeah. saying right now, it's manipulating my own mind to think that I'm too much of a problem. So rather than putting my problems on somebody else, I'm going to internalize them, assume the worst of everybody else. And where does that leave me? Mm-hmm. It leaves me in a really shitty spot of mm-hmm. needing help, assuming everybody won't help me or they don't care enough to even understand mm-hmm. what's going on with me. Right. Um Hair. And, and yeah, right? Like, oh, you don't get me. I feel like I'm in Bridgerton. <laughs> Walk right out of my life yeah. and never come back. Be gone, you. I don't know what that was at the end. Um, <laughs> you. But yeah, it's 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 dramatic. It's it, and I think that's why we're making those noises and, and hair flipping. It's it's dramatic. It's a pity party. It's a it's a silly thing that we do to ourselves only to protect ourselves and the ones that we love. Like that, that's also part of it, right? Like I'm, I'm trying to not be a problem towards you. Like I don't want you to have to be um, affected by my woes <laughs> or whatever, right. you know, like, um, and then it's so funny. You say something to somebody and you're like, Oh fuck, I'm just, I'm just having a bad day. And the next thing you know, they're like, well, what do you need? And you're like, Oh, nothing. Yeah. Right. It's almost like all I needed was for somebody to just like check in with me. Right. Right. Which is bullshit because like, no, I need so much more than that. But just that question, you're like, oh, this is good. No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. There's this book. 
that I, I just saw the title of, and I actually didn't really read into, but I think the title itself speaks volumes, although I think the content is about a divorce. Um, but it's, I'm fine, and neither are you. Yeah. And I was like, ugh! <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, I'm fine, and neither are you. Like, you're not. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> you're saying you're fine. You're not fine. Uh, fine. Just like calm down, I think fine should be just strict. Yeah. Yeah. Stricken. Struck down. Stripped. Swanson? Samsonite? Mary Samsonite. I was right on the bag. Dumb and Dumber 4. Yeah. Oh, God. Coming at you. God, yeah. 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 It, it's a it's a shitty game that we play with ourselves, um, all in the sense of just wanting somebody to check in. And, it, and it's funny because like when I see somebody and I don't even I don't even like see anybody that I'm like, whoa, you really need help. Like I don't I don't really have those kinds of conversations with the people that I do babysit for or whatever. Like it's just kind of like Oh, this is this is like our schedules are complicated. Like, okay, let me take you. There's never like a conversation of like I need help. Like mm-hmm. when when River's grandmother watches her on Tuesdays, I never be like, oh my god, I just I really need this day. It's kind of just like a thing that happens. Yeah. When really it's like you have no idea how much this helps me, mm-hmm. or like how important this is to me, or mm-hmm. how grateful I am, and um. I don't know where I'm really going with that, but it's kind of just like a, a, it's different. It's, it's, um, sometimes the help you get isn't the right amount of help and it, and it's not, and this isn't to say anything bad about anybody. It's just the kind of mental conversations that you have with yourself. Like maybe the help I'm getting isn't good enough or, um, isn't what I need or, um, I didn't have the conversation, so I'm really yeah, not. I think that's it. Like people that's are offering it. you what they yeah. think that yeah. people are offering you what they can what they can offer, mm-hmm. or based on what you're giving them, right? So if yeah. someone's offering you like, hey, do you need to talk about this, or hey, can I do this for you? It's like they want to mm-hmm. help you, but they don't. They only know how to in their own means. If you don't guide them and say, right. um, "This is how I need help," um, and and even sometimes they don't have the capacity for it, but at least you can tell them. And that's like, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know. It feels better than, it feels better than nothing. Um, even if you say I need help and they say, I can't help you, but here's, here's a resource or I can't help you, but I'm here to listen or, you know, you know, I, I you can talk to me freely. Like, you know, it kind of just got me thinking of like normalizing saying no, kind of like we don't ask for help me because we're afraid somebody's going to say no. Like no is the right. most freeing thing to say to someone. Like I can't help you right now. I hear you, and just like you're saying, like I'm, I can provide some resources. I'm sorry you're struggling. Um, and sounding a lot more sincere than I just sounded with my voice. No, but like, I mean, that's the other side of it, though. Yeah, like uh, if you're the one that needs the help. The fear is that someone will say no to you, right? Mm-hmm. So on your end of it, you have to be okay with someone saying no to you. Mm-hmm. You have to give them the opportunity to be able to say no to you because yes. you're already anticipating they're going to say no. So give them the opportunity to say no. But on that end of the spectrum, if you really don't want to, it's totally fine. Like it's a no biggie at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, you really so can't do it. Right, right. 
it's so hard. I, but on but on, on the other end of it, like you were saying, like that the person that's being asked of the help uh, needs to also have the ability to say no to it if they can't provide or if they don't have the capacity if they're not in that place. So it's it's like a it's a balance. It's all a there are so many facets to it. And I think mm-hmm. also if there was somebody in this in this conversation that has actually ha- asked for help and felt good about it or has a good relationship with asking or has a good relationship with um, these conversations and communication, like that would be so great to hear because what does that, what does that look like? And um, how did you get there? Or were you just born that way? Because yeah. you've never had anxiety in your life. Like yeah. what, <laughs> what is that like? <laughs> what is that like? What human is good at this? Um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know anybody. There's probably, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with somebody who's been able to ask for help uh, very easily, except for my, maybe my, my sister-in-law, Devin. I don't know that she's ever said this to me, but I imagine as the type of person she is, uh, and I know her, that she is so confident and so like wonderfully um, whole in, in, in her being that she can she can just, you know, hey, I need this. And it's so, it's so fluent for her. Yeah. Um, and I admire that so much about her because she's just like no bullshit. Yeah. And she's not aggressive or, or, or like, oh my God, gross. I'm not going to say that. She's I not, know, um, like, oh. no, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly, yes. exactly. But I guess I'm saying it because, because that word's so negative, like, Mm-hmm. she's just a fucking woman that knows what she wants. And that's awesome. And it's ad- admirable and awesome. And um, she, she might be one of the only ones. <laughs> uh, that's, that's probably not true. I'm probably missing people, but you know, I'm just, she's, she comes to mind immediately when I think yeah. of someone who doesn't have trouble asking for help. So. Yeah. And, um, and maybe that's also like a, I don't know, almost like a, a situational thing too, because when you feel like, and I'm just, I hate devil's advocate, but I'm just playing devil's advocate for a second. Like if you feel like that's your, that's how you are as a person, like what is that, what does your circle look like? Because I think it's a a comfortable with like with yourself, but also comfortable with the people around you, you know, and like, and knowing how they're going to react and and respond and kind of like feed off of what you're telling them it's a different situation if you feel like whatever you say might be like explosive and nothing in my life is like that. But I'm, I'm wondering like for certain people, like maybe that's also a boundary that stops them as well. Right. It's like not so much the lack of confidence or, or self love, but more so like, well, I don't really like have anybody around me to ask for help. Yeah. You know, like what if me asking for help and being assertive and, and saying what I need is met with, well, you're being dramatic. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or something like that. So right, people are accepting you for who you are. People yeah. are accepting you. For- it's just, it's, it's a weird tangled mess. And, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's, it's a combination, I think of, you know, who you are and, and who's in your circle. But, you know, the best thing that just coming to mind right now is just like set, set everybody up with those expectations and, and you know, like your circle and, and who you are. And right. hopefully that oh. you're in a place where you, people know you. Yeah. Well enough. Yeah. I'm going to send a mass text out right now. Hold on to all of my friends that says, listen up here from now on. I'm asking for help. And one of y'all needs to answer just one. No, this goes back to our text, uh, our text group that we talked about in one of the episodes that Chelsea really wants to be a part of. So we just need to start it with the three of us. 
Well, who else? Because Chelsea I just, commented 90 times. I know. We need to get that going because it could also be a good help help support. Seriously. Um, I when just you, thought of that. Yes. And like kind of that reminds me of like the whole like helpline situation is like yeah, it, yeah. there's such a big overhead, I'm sure, with like those helplines that who knows who's listening, who's not listening. Like are people like sending this is my psychotic mind, right? Like, like are they like sending recordings to each other and like giggling behind the scenes? Like, listen, you join our little help text line, whatever it is. We're not laughing. We're just no, we're, we're they're laughing because we feel the same pain, or we're laughing because you said something funny. But um, can we do that? Yes, I was so eager last time. I'm still so eager. I want everybody to have my phone number. If I give my phone number out and I get random texts, I'm fine with it. Yeah. I'm going to have a burner phone just for this. Sick, dude. <laughs> Sick, bro. <laughs> I'm going to get a burner phone, and then next time I when I have it, I'm going to give that number out on the podcast. Okay. And we'll see who talks to me. Hi, okay. I'm desperate. No, just kidding. <laughs> You're going to say hi. I'm Desiree. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, but saying that out loud, I was like, am I sounding, am I sounding a little, little uh, wacky? Wackadoo? Well, if we weren't sounding wacky, you wouldn't be listening to our podcast. So true. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Well, um, should we? Are you? Do do we want to keep going, or do we want to try and listen to this beautiful story that we've got? I would love to listen to this story. Okay, me as well. Yeah, we didn't talk about this, and we still have nothing, so we're just going to yeah, go. I was just going to sing my normal <laughs> spill. Yeah. Why well, I was like, <laughs> every now and then I need to spill it all over the white carpet. Yes, <laughs> It always goes back to that song. I'm sweating, I'm, by the my, way. My bo- I, I'm telling you, my, where my so boobs sweating. are and then where they go and how much room for sweat is there, there's like a good – Three, like this is the this. Okay, you guys can't see, but like no, this. Is I the, was trying to do it too. I can't like. There's like this much. There's like three inches. Of, oh my god! I'm just so nervous. Oh no, I'm not. I'm just sitting in a closet. I'm sitting in a closet. Uh, with on a fleece blanket, so it's like the sweat's coming up, and it has nowhere to go. Oh, nice. Mm, y'all welcome for that. Sticky. Um, Okay. All right. So our spill the wine this week, uh, again, we said is from a non-parent and her name is Adri and she's wonderful. And we are going to listen to it now in just a second. And here we... In a few more seconds. In just a few seconds. In 10 minutes. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Hello, hitting the bottle. Uh, my name's Adriana, and I am a longtime friend of the fabulous Sarah G. And I'm really excited to uh, spill the li- the wine a little bit with you guys. <laughs> spill the wine, Alicia. <laughs> I've never met you, but you already you already have my heart because you're there for one of my oldest Stop dearest it. friends, and uh, I think she's found some really positive, good stuff in y'all's relationship. So, um, Aww, yeah, already so a big fan. Big fan of yours. Back at you. Big fan of the show. Uh, Sarah asked me if I would say a couple words, spill the wine a little bit about this week's topic, which is asking for help. And when she said it, I was immediately like, oh, 
(laughs) (laughs) I, I do not love asking for help, but I don't, I, I think I'm in good company. I think it's, it's just something that we don't like to do. And as a society, we kind of see as, weakness, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so asking for help is one of those things that's kind of hard, it's kind of icky, and um, we don't always know how to go about it. And when we do, sometimes we, we regret that we did, but sometimes it turns out really good. Uh, so this brought to mind, I was walking home from work and I was like, what's, you know, what's like some of the hardest things to ask for help for? And for me, and this has been like recently in my 20s and 30s, I have had some health stuff that has really like blindsided me. It just, Mm -hmm. I've always thought of myself as fairly healthy. I've always been active. I eat well. I do yoga all the time and meditate. And I guess I just thought that that's what makes one healthy. So when all of these complications started happening. I, I didn't know what to do. And I, I guess I see physically needing help as a really, really tough thing. Personally, mm-hmm. I just, I get really down on myself. And when I get down on myself, I get nasty to everyone around me because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just take it out on other people. Um, but w- one of the things that happened to me um, actually started Back in high school, I would say, um, I was kind of a late bloomer. Sarah knows this. <laughs> I started my period freshman year, I think, like the second half of freshman year. Like I was 15, 15 and a half years old. And, you know, I was in like stats class, I believe it was. And I was just like, oh, finally, <laughs> it's here. So, I started my period and there began <laughs> Finally. This, this journey of pain. Uh, they were never very good. They always were pretty painful. And I would say that intensified uh, gradually, especially after I think when I was 16, I was put on birth control right away. It was just kind of the thing you did. Um, yeah, it was just that's what you do to be responsible and um, it, it just seemed like the right thing <laughs> Which to is do. Crazy. I talked to my mom, and she took me to the doctor. We just put people check up, young girls, the, the OB/GYN, yeah. and they put me on birth control right away. And I think it was like an orthotricycline of some sort, but you know, like whatever was popular at the time that probably people are suing over now because they had pulmonary right. embolisms or their butt fell out. I don't know, like everything. <laughs> everything bad. (laughs) I try not to pay attention because I've been on all of them. So I went on the birth control and I would say by the end of high school, like the symptoms were getting pretty bad. I, and it wasn't just your normal like cramps and breast tenderness. I had all that stuff, but the stuff that was starting to really worry me was actually more like anxiety, Mm. bouts of anxiety Mm -hmm. and depression um, feeling sick to my stomach, like having a lot of stomach trouble and, um, just my moods were very up and down and mostly it was, it was anxiety. It was like a constant feeling of fear and Mm -hmm. impending doom that was Mm -hmm. intensifying. And I would notice during my cycles, this, this was really dependent on what was happening in my cycle. Like as soon as I ovulated, 
you know, it would, the cycle would start and I would be going through hell. And then as soon as my period would start, everything was fine again, but only for a matter of weeks. So I reached out to different doctors, obviously. Um, I don't think I was taken very seriously, but I was like, I, I need help. This is, this isn't right. And my body was telling me that something wasn't right. So you would think you reach out for help, but I I think as women, especially if it's something to do with the female anatomy or periods, we're not taken very seriously. And it, it actually like wasn't really encouraged to reach out for help. I feel like I got a lot of just like, oh, maybe you need to see a therapist. Maybe you're depressed. Let's put you on anxiety medication. But nobody actually addressed the fact mm-hmm. that maybe something hormonally was wrong. Right. Um, and, and this went on. So then I'm into my 20s. I'm in college. And my anxiety is getting debilitating. The cycles are getting mm-hmm. worse and worse. The pain is getting worse and worse. And the outcomes of, you know, like having full-on panic attacks – um, having just like breakdowns with my family, friends, partners, it was just getting really unmanageable. And mm-hmm. I felt like I was, uh, standing in the road waiting to get hit by a bus every month and screaming for help. I'm just like, somebody please help me. This bus is about to hit me. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like no one was listening. So I think that was the hardest thing for me was to continue reaching out for help when nobody right. was asking and not me. getting and it. And I was, mm-hmm. if anything, being kind of silenced or ignored. Um, there were times when I gave up on it uh, throughout my 20s. And, you know, I was put on every different kind of birth control. And honestly, I think it just made it worse. Um, anti-anxiety medication, you name it. But no one ever actually, I was told I had uh, endometriosis. I was told. I remember that. Just so many things. Um, eventually when I moved to Chicago, I was hoping to find some doctors that knew more just because it was a bigger city. And I figured, you know, maybe someone would be able to help. But it seemed like every time I got up the courage to ask for help again, I was so disappointed. Like, I remember one of the doctors I saw in Chicago basically said, there's nothing I can do for you. Like if you've Mm. tried this, this and this, which I had, um, yeah, I got nothing for you. Sorry. And we won't give you a hysterectomy because you're too young and I don't know what to tell you. And I left there just bawling in the elevator and I said, I would never ask for help again. I was like, I can't, it's too much to hope that, Mm-hmm. somebody can fix this. There's something wrong with me and no one can fix it. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm insane. Maybe, maybe I just can't cope right. with what other people, what right. everyone else who menstruates can deal with. And I thought, you know, there was something wrong with me. And, um, luckily my partner at the time who is amazing and now my fiance, he encouraged me <laughs> to feel. keep reaching mm-hmm. out, keep looking for help, ask someone else. And, I finally went to a doctor and I, I said, I don't expect you to do anything or help me, but like, this is what's going on. And you know, whatever. At that time I was so depressed. I was feeling suicidal. I was having panic attacks. Anxiety was through the roof and he actually helped. He listened to me and he suggested something kind of radical that nobody had suggested before 
And that was to like turn off my estrogen and nobody would do that before. And there are, there are risks to it, but what I was going through, I mean, I was like, all right, let's, let's try it. Mm -hmm. And I did try it. And, um, yeah, finally, like it was like night and day and like he didn't need to verify by a test or like he didn't need to see on a piece of paper, a hormone level. And it was just like, I'm telling you what's going on. And he was like, well, let's see if we can tweak something to stop it. And I just like, you know, I started the therapy. I've been on it for two years now, maybe over two years. And my life is totally different. I, you know, I'm naturally still have some anxiety. Like I still have issues, but I mean, yeah, all of this to say that asking for help, it's complex, right? It's, it's not just like ask for help, you get help and everything's better. There's different situations and there's, there are deterrents. There are things that'll make you feel like you shouldn't ask for help or you trust an expert opinion. And so you just say, you know, there is no help, but I kept asking, I kept listening to my own body and I finally found somebody who listened to me and who gave me the help that I needed. So I guess the lesson there is just to, to keep reaching out. Even when you feel like you can't do it anymore, just keep reaching out and you may just get the help that you need. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> the end was so, uh, it's such a good, but it's such a good, it just gives me chills because it's like, what if she hadn't? Right. What if she hadn't continued to ask for help and she was in such a bad place? Like that's the scary it's the scary shit, man. And I'm so thankful that she did. Um, I just want to say it's funny because so Adrian and I have known each other for uh, 30 years. We've, we've been, she was the first person I went to a new school in third grade and she was the first person to come up to me and we were just immediately best friends. Like, are we best friends now? Okay. Yeah, I love that. so. <laughs> and she knows, she, you know, she knew my mom, like she's, she's been around for a long, long time. And it's funny because I started my period. I was 11 years old and I started it with her, we were at like an Italian class, like an extracurricular Italian class learning Italian. And we're both in the bathroom. And we had been taught in um, in our like class that teaches you about having a period that it's such a great, beautiful thing. Yes. So it was- class that taught you about your period? Yes. Yes. So we were um, told to say congratulations- what? So, yep. So it was so funny because I started my period and she's in the stall next to me. I'm like, I started my period. She's like, congratulations. <laughs> it was this amazing moment. Anyway, Welcome just a little sidebar. Yeah. Yeah. Sidebar with Adri is um, that I've known her for a very long time and she's also just one of the most wonderful humans um, ever. But I think that story was just like. Yeah. I mean, I, real quick before I touch on that, can you just tell me what your period <laughs> class was about? <laughs> what so we you didn't do this like health class no it was after it was it was middle school Mm -hmm. elementary school it was elementary school because I was 11 when I started my period so it had to be before that we the girls stayed in the state in the music room we had like a music room or a a theater right I don't even remember what it was it was like a gymnasium but it wasn't the gym it was like a anyway we all they had chairs set up and there was like a woman at the 
I think it was a woman. I think I remember it being a woman. And they passed out pamphlets and we all got a pamphlet. Is this not a thing? We all got a pamphlet. And it was like telling you about your period. And it literally said like, this is you, you know, joining motherhood, or not motherhood. This is you like joining womanhood. You're like, you know, you know, you're okay. blossoming. And there was confetti. It was like, congratulations, you started your period. So did you guys like all carry confetti with you? And Adri was just in the <laughs> stall next to you and just like threw fucking <laughs> I wish, I actually wish she did. It would have been fantastic. No, but her mom was there too. And it was like this hilarious moment where we were all like, congrats. And I was like, what do I do now? Uh, I think this was after my mom passed away. So I think it was an even weirder thing. Cause I was like, well, I just started my period right. and I don't know to do so yeah you said 11 and I'm like ooh. I'm like well <laughs> well I think my body was like you went through trauma Here's yeah a period. yeah yeah I was like that's <laughs> that wasn't the right year period no, <laughs> maybe another year buddy yeah could you really um, have just waited went through enough but yeah no it's a pamphlet I'm gonna see if I can find one I, I'm gonna see if I can find okay. one hey I my mom used to keep this thing just in the spirit of periods my mom used to keep this um um page from a book she found and it was supposed it was like a German book that taught you about periods and one of them said if they're like little stick figures and one okay. of, one is like making bread and it says when I'm on my period I like to bake bread and like my mom thought it was like the funniest thing in the world because like no you don't <laughs> you don't do that <laughs> what and also like what a weird German book that's like well when I, like this is what it's teaching you like when you're on your period you're gonna love to cook what what man wrote that what right? man right like? right and also I don't know why the this is gross but like the first thing that came to mind was yeast and bread exactly. and like period. and I was like what is this yeah. weird correlation hard no hard no. <laughs> But um, gotta find that book. I thought it was so. My mom probably knows what I'm talking about. She's probably like, yeah, no. I I don't even think it was my mom that put them up. I think it was Tim and I who used to live with my mom that we used to rip pages out and be like, this is fucking funny. Oh and, like, so weird. But yeah, um, when I'm on my period, I like to bake bread. <laughs> and that's not true. When I'm on my period, I like to. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, like get baked. Those, those, um, same. Those, <laughs> when I'm when I'm breathing, I like to do that. Um, <laughs> coping strategies. <laughs> life. Um, yeah, that good for her though. Like sticking out, and um, it can be so discouraging to hear from people you're supposed to trust that mm-hmm. nothing's fine or nothing's wrong mm-hmm. or. Um, this is the problem. Here's the solution. And, and you trust that because they're doctors and yeah. and you are trained to trust that. And um, that it's a, it's a, that's actually, that's such a, that's such a scary thing because the people that you really, those are the people that you are putting your health in the hands of. And mm-hmm. like, it just made me think of Owen when I took him to the emergency room the other day, because yeah. he probably didn't need to go, but the urgent care doctor or the urgent care doctor, yeah, was like, oh, he might have meningitis. He doesn't have COVID, but go to the ER. And the ER doctor is like, I don't know what to do. So he gets prodded and pinned. He gets a CAT scan or a CT scan. Is that the same thing? No. Yeah. yeah. CT scan. Okay. Um, and poor baby was like a champ, but like he probably didn't have, a, have to have any of that done, but I don't know enough. So like listening to a doctor that right. – really had no bedside manner who really didn't interact. And I probably should have known better. Um, but it's my child and I don't know what to do. It's like, what a scary thing that 
and we're all humans. I'm not like shitting on doctors. I'm just saying it's like a hard thing uh, when there's an authority, so to speak, yeah. you know, that you're supposed to be putting all your faith into. And something like so foreign, mm-hmm. right? It's not like you're yeah. talking to like a, um, I don't know, like a, I don't know. Like the doctor is such like a skilled profession and nurses, you know, like they're, yeah. I trust a nurse with my life. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, You know, like even more so than a doctor. I'm like, probably cause I know so many nurses, but um, it's, it, yeah, it's such a, I didn't pay attention whenever we learned about whatever the fuck my phalanges and my, but I, I don't know. Like I, that's not my, that's, that's not my skill set. Um, is that the name of your vagina? Regina Phalange? Yes. Thank you. It was supposed to be a secret, but thank you no, so like much. <laughs> Exposed. Um, but that's like a, that's, that's a, vulnerable. Like, yeah. And you don't know. I mean, I'm not like, oh, well, no, I, I'm pretty sure that what I have is not endometriosis. What I'm pretty sure I have is this very random particular, you know, like, right. no, like you're just, you tell me and I hear you and I go with it. And this reminds me of something that I saw earlier that I just wanted to touch on real quick because she was talking about um, going on birth control really young. And a lot of people right. that I know were put on birth control very young or other kind of um um, prescription drugs that were supposed to help one thing or another, whether it be um, acne. Birth, acne, yes, yeah. a- acne or um, um, birth, con- you know, uh, I'm sorry, period pains, things right. like that. Stuff, yeah. yeah. And I saw this TikTok the other day that was saying that um, how in America we call ADHD, um, ADHD when it's, it's, um, it's more so you're, you're led to believe that it's like a, a behavior deficit rather than in other countries, this guy was saying it's called VAST, which is a variable attention stimulus trait. And that's what it is. It's a trait. It is not a disease. It is not something wrong with your behavior. It is something that you you pay attention or you're 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 more like heightened, aware of your surroundings. And sometimes you don't pay attention to every single word that's coming out of somebody's mouth and you're picking up just certain qualities. It's like a heightened awareness kind of trait. And it's not something that should be medicated in my opinion. And, um, I a hundred percent agree. And, and the fact that America, you know, our country loves modern medicine so much and the money mm-hmm. that comes with it. And mm-hmm. it's a problem because in this country we want everyone to be one way, um, or experience things in one way. And that's kind of how we're taught as well that, um, this is how postpartum is going to go. This is how your period mm-hmm. is going to go. This mm-hmm. is how that's how depression is going to go. These are the telling signs mm-hmm. of depression. These and if and if you don't see these, then maybe look up something else because yeah. this isn't right. And I'm sorry. Can I, can I just say though, I I I, I joined Talkspace. I joined Talkspace, and it does a. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. It's just a day, but it does this questionnaire where it asks you questions and I answered all the questions. And at the end of it, it said, Oh, you're low on the spectrum for this. And I know that I have this problem. So reading that and going, wow, maybe my problem's not that bad because like, it just, it just, just what you're saying. Like even a test is telling me I don't have the pro like, I don't know, just it's so singular. It's Mm -hmm. so singular. And like, uh, you can't give me a test on paper when I'm so anxious about this that I'm telling, like, I'm trying to give you specifics. And then you're coming back and saying, oh, you don't have to worry about this. I'm like, but it's my main problem. What do you mean? I don't have to worry about this. I worry about it every day. Did I not answer it right? You've just given me more anxiety about the thing. 
anyway, not to shit on Talkspace yet. It, it was just that moment where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm being judged by something that's supposed to be helping me. And um, what might account towards 20% of your personality trait or whatever it is, or, you know, you get a score like that back and it's like, well, only 10% of you feels this way. It's like, well, um, maybe personality trait wise, but a hundred percent of me, this is my leading issue. Yeah, this yeah. is maybe this isn't my biggest trait about myself, but it is the hardest thing to navigate. And that for me is right. like, I am many people. We talk about this all the time. I am many people. I have many different things going on with me at one time, but my need for help and anxiety might register as small, but on my scale of my day-to-day life in me internally, they register as very large and important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it's a work and it's all, I mean, we say this all the time, but it's like a, just pay attention to yourself, I guess. Wondered, you know, like, you know, again, don't, I was just going to say, don't stop till you get it. <laughs> don't, don't quit on yourself before no. you get the opportunity to, right. to get, don't quit on yourself before you give yourself the opportunity to even try. I yes. Guess. Yes. And allow, allow your people that can to help you. Just yeah. swallow your pride and allow the people to help you because in nine times out of 10, those people want to. Mm-hmm. And um, they just have no idea what you're going through. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're not your therapists. I get that. But um, they can recommend one maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or an app, you know. Um, or an app, which is exactly what happened. Yeah. So help me, Rhonda. That's what I keep wanting to do. <laughs> Is I need there any somebody there? help. I need anybody help. <laughs> we should have just played oh, that for our opening song today. Should we just play it right now <laughs> on the outro? Oh, well, in while Sarah's finding that song, we um, this was a big one for us. Maybe we'll talk about it some more. I don't know, but I think we might have. A, I don't know. I feel like we're going to have some other stories from people who feel the same way, but um. If you guys are out there and you're you're feeling these kinds of things of wanting to ask for help and not knowing how and or who, um, we're with you. Yes, we're with you. And uh, yeah, this one this one can go in a a lot of different conversations. This conversation is going to come up a lot. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm. And for fuck's sake, shake your beverages. Not your babies. Bye. Help. (laughs) (laughs) Time to hit the bottle there.